We are so glad you joined us today on our podcast. We would love to continue to connect with you throughout the week. And to do that, you can check us out at substancechurch.com or on social media by searching at SubstanceMN or Substance Church. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the message. How y'all doing? Everybody good? Awesome, awesome. It is cold. I'm talking about for real cold. I woke up this morning and I was like negative three. I was like, I've never seen that before. Uh, so this will be my last time being here. I'm joking. Uh, so good to be here. I'm so happy. I'm glad my wife is with me and, and we've got a, a lot of time to hang uh, with Peter and Carolyn last night. How about your pastors? Can we just give it up for your amazing pastors this morning? And you may be like, who are you? Like if you're brand new to Substance, I am Uncle Jimmy. And uh, I am, Peter and Carolyn are dear friends of Irene and I's, and and we're on the teaching team here uh, at Substance Church. And so we get a chance to, we live now in West Palm Beach, Florida. And uh, we get a chance to, yeah, so you can understand why I'm saying it's cold. Uh, to come and be a, be a part of what God is doing here at this amazing church. And I was telling Carolyn back in the, in the green room, I said, listen, it just feels like home. Like I slept last night, even though we were in a hotel, I actually slept. And it uh, just feels like home. But I'm believing that God has a word for you today. Are y'all ready for God's word today? I am. I am. Like some of y'all are like, nah, not really. Uh, but no, I, be- I believe that God is going to meet you right where you are Today, Before we jump in, Irene and I, if you don't know, we are the founders of Two Equals One, and we have a marriage ministry uh, that is nationwide, uh, and we are hosting our very first uh, virtual conference, and it is going to be March uh, 1st through the 3rd. Uh, it is 8 to 10 Eastern Standard Time, so y'all adjust your, your clocks. But today, uh, we would love for you to register by texting SUBSTANCE to 443-233-0005. It's free. Like, and I believe this, that there is no better investment than one that is in your marriage. And what we're going to do is there's going to be thousands of people on this Zoom free conference, and we're actually going to also attempt to do Q&A. So it's going to be really interesting, and Irene and I are super excited about it. And we want to invest in your marriage so that you can have a marriage of love, laughter, and longevity. And so we're excited about that. We're going to jump in to God's word. Isaiah, I'm a little Old Testament, a little New Testament uh, this morning. Uh, but what a word that God, I believe God put this word on my heart right, like right around Christmas time. I want to share that uh, with you. Uh, Isaiah 61, 1 through 3 says this. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Why? Because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all those who mourn. And this is where we're going to dive in today. To comfort all those who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, (laughs) the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Let me pray. Father, I pray, God, today that if someone's watching online, if someone's going to watch this later, but everyone in the room, that everyone connected to Substance Church, God, that they are blessed today. God, that they 
leave with expectation, God, that they can make it another day, God, that, they, that life is going to be better, that no weapon that is formed against them is going to prosper. Today, God, I pray that you meet us here in this message. God, more of you and less of me. In Jesus' name, and everybody said a good a amen. amen. Uh, substance, this morning, I want to preach to you from the topic, the truth of two realities. The truth of two realities. And when God put this message in my heart, it was kind of like, are you sure? Is this really a thing? You see, last year was a great year. Like, you know, God moved and, and, and God opened doors. And Irene and I launched this marriage ministry. And uh, uh, man, things were going well. Our kid, We actually like our kids in this season. It's pretty cool. But if I'm honest, right around Christmas time, I started feeling what we call in the sunken place. Like, I was like, I know I got a destiny, but I felt discouraged at the same time. Like, I know I'm a man of faith, but fear started to bubble up on the inside of me. Like, I know I love to joke and have fun, but I found myself a little depressed around Christmas. And I began to ask myself, God, is this okay? Are, are these emotions you know, are they an indicator of something? Am I less of a Christian because I'm feeling discouraged or disappointed? And the Lord was like, no. And I don't know your church background. I don't, I'm not sure how you were raised, but I was raised that you were supposed to be joyful at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be on my lips. I'm blessing the Lord, but I'm faking it. Come on, somebody. Like, Have you ever been in a season when there's two things that are diametrically opposite from one another, working in the same heart, in the same mind? I love my spouse, but I hate my spouse. Come on. All right? I've got joy over here, but over here I'm disappointed and discouraged about some things. And the Lord dropped this message in my heart, the truth of two realities. See, sometimes I have fear and faith working at the same time. Sometimes I have purpose and pain working at the same time. Sometimes I feel confident that, man, God's going to move today as I speak. And other times I'm like, God, are you there? And I have these two realities wrestling with one another. And if I'm honest, I, I, I don't always want to admit the one I'm struggling with. See, I grew up in the church where you would, someone, you would, someone would ask you, how are you doing? You'd be like, blessed, God is good. But really, I'm broke, I'm miserable. Come on, somebody, I, I'm upset. I, I got more month than I got money. I'm frustrated. But are we allowed to get real in church? Are we allowed to be, uh, you see, I started thinking about this. Maybe if we were more real, we would reach more people. You see, maybe lost people and people that don't know God, they're not mad at God. Like God is not the reason that they don't give their lives to him. Maybe it's Christians. Maybe it's us not being real. Maybe it's us not being transparent. You see, my wife loves roller coasters. I hate roller coasters. I, I don't, like when I go to the amusement park, I've said this before, like I'm only there for the smoked turkey leg. Come on, somebody. 
But my wife, she, she goes on these roller coasters. My kids, they go on these roller coasters, and I see the truth of two realities working at the same time. There's joy and there's fear at the same time. There's exhilaration and exhaustion when they're going up the hill ready to come down at the same time. My wife also loves sour candy. I don't understand why you want to put sour candy in your mouth. That's not fun to me. But she also loves sweet and sour. And sweet and sour candy has this way of it's like it starts out sour and then the sweet kicks in or it starts out sweet and then the sour kicks in. You're, you have decided that you enjoy two realities. Two realities on roller coasters, two realities with candy, two realities in my marriage. Two realities in my finances, two realities in my church, two realities, two things that are diametrically different working at the same time. Am I all by myself? So when I read this scripture in Isaiah, I had to do some digging. God, what are you saying here in Isaiah 61? Well, Isaiah is a prophet. And for those of you who, who just, I just want to give you just a quick uh, uh, thought on prophetic, it's not weird. What happens is, is God would choose someone who was set apart to declare his word to God's people on God's behalf. He was anointed to hear from God and to either warn God's people of, 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 of their sin to get back right with God or tell people what's to come if they stay on track. And so Isaiah's a prophet. Now, when I read this passage of Scripture, I see two realities working at the same time, beauty and ashes. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Comfort for those who are mourning. So when I read this passage of Scripture, I see that an entire nation, the nation of Israel, was at a time in their uh, 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 evolution, if you will, or a time, uh, uh, you know, where they were in a place where God kept promising them something and they kept falling back into sin. God kept saying, man, there are great things in store for you. It's time to get your lives right. And when I look at this, I realize what a prophetic word does. A prophetic word is really... It's like bifocals, right? It, it lets you see what's going on right now, but it also gives you hope for future. It's like bifocals, like it's far and near. And so Isaiah gives a word. Now, I want you to know that that, that word was saying, Israel, you have to get it right. But that word was also forecasting Jesus. I love that. That word was forecasting, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. What that shows me is sometimes I just have to hold on to God's word. I just got to hold on to, you know, I know it's bad right now, but man, God, I need you to speak because these other voices are speaking. 
The voice of anxiety, the voice of fear, the voice of discouragement, the voice of disappointment, the voice of my past. I know this is not the typical message that Pastor Jimmy would preach, but this is where I am right now. And I believe someone's going to get set free today to thinking that you have to have it all together. I came to tell you that it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay not okay. I'm believing that God is going to give us a word for right now. Come on, somebody, but it's a word that has bifocals. Also for my future. The truth of two realities, you see, when Isaiah spoke that word, the promise of Jesus was 700 years away. 700 years. Some of us don't like to wait seven months. Come on. Seven days. Seven minutes. Come on. Seven seconds. God, I want you to move right now. And God says, no, I'm going to encourage you right now. But there's a future and a hope. And I'm going to need to see if you can hold on to that word. You see, between the book, the, the, between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there was 400 years, theologians would say, of silence, of God not speaking. And I don't believe this. I don't believe that God wasn't speaking. I believe that we weren't listening. I believe that we were discouraged, but didn't know we had a destiny. I believe that we were in fear, but we weren't leaning on the side of faith. I believe that we, our pain became bigger than our purpose, the truth of two realities. And then, so as Isaiah speaks this word, I, I want to fast forward to the fulfillment of the word in Luke chapter 2. 700 years and waiting. That's multi-generations. And I want you to know when God gives you a word, it's just not for you. It's for your children's 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 children. 700 times, come on. That night, Luke chapter 2, 8, 13 through 13, this was the fulfillment of this word. It says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, I love, check it out, 700 years and then the word suddenly. Are you serious, God? God has this way of doing suddenly over several seasons. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and said, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, do not be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem and the city of David. And you will recognize him by a sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snugly. Come on, I'm a grown man. I say the word snugly. Snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Verse 13, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God, saying glory to God, and I mean glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to all those who God is pleased. 700 years, the promise is here, and their first response is fear. Isn't it crazy how just through waiting and then God shows up and we've been so discouraged along the journey, 
we start asking God, is this really you? Could it be that we may have missed the promise because it didn't show up the way that we thought it would show up? Come on, y'all. The promise, the Savior, was a baby, an infant. Come on. An infant? Really? Really? This is the way you're doing it? Instantaneous fear. And what blows my mind is that look who's invited to the fulfillment of the promise. Not kings, not CEOs, not people who have it all together, shepherds. Shepherds, people dealing with crap all day, people in the wilderness, people who have dirt under their fingernails, people who have a tattered past, shepherds. The fulfillment of the promise came in the presence of shepherds. 700 years in waiting, and the people that get like the first look at the promise are people like you and me. It says that I don't have to have it all together for me to be exposed to God's presence. Given someone's getting hope right now, I don't have to know all the words to the songs. I don't have to know all the scriptures. Man, I'm find myself like a shepherd, man. Man, just out in the wilderness, trying to find my way in the dark, trying to lead my family when I can't see myself. Shepherds. What a dichotomy of two realities. Here you have the king of kings and the lowest of low in the same room. A lot like church this morning. The presence of the king was here in worship and it's still here. And guess what? None of us have blown up. None of us got kicked out. None of us were judged because that is the reason that the promise shows up. It shows up for pain. And when I look through this passage of scripture and I see this fulfillment of a promise, it starts in Luke chapter one when the angel Gabriel showed up to Zachariah and Elizabeth. Zachariah and Elizabeth would be John's mom and dad. John would be the one that would baptize Jesus. He was a disciple. And the angel comes to Zechariah and Elizabeth, and they're barren. They're old. They can't have children. And the angel says, you're going to have a baby. The promise is coming through you. Their first response is fear. Two realities, faith and fear. Now, Zechariah. He's got a miracle in one hand, 
but he's mute because he didn't believe God. The angel said, you can't talk because you're going to mess this up. Come on, somebody. Uh, I feel like when God promises us something, we need to learn how to zip in our mouths because we're going to mess up God's promise. Uh, uh, so, so, so there's two realities, a miracle and mute. Elizabeth has two realities. She's expecting, but she's inexperienced. Two realities. How about Mary? Jesus' mom, the angel Gabriel, shows up in her bedroom. Come on, somebody. I'd have been like, somebody forgot to turn the alarm system on. Like, the angel Gabriel shows up and says, greetings. You are highly favored. I'd have been like, homie. And she says, you're going to be the fulfillment of this 700-year promise that's been in waiting. God's going to use you, Mary. I know you're unlikely. Theologians say she's about 14 years old. Come on. You, you got to put yourself in the story. Man, acne is just starting to happen. Uh-huh. She, she's, you know, scrolling through her, her, her kingdom Snapchat, trying to keep her streaks up. She's like, me? Yeah, Emmanuel's coming. God with us. And she's got fear and faith at the same time. How about her Boyfriend Joseph, two realities. He's got to believe that God is doing something supernatural on the inside of Mary that ain't another dude. Come on, you got to put yourself there. Two realities. Working at the same time, and this is where I was, in, and I still am working through this. In December, I had these two realities. I got faith, but I got fear working at the same time. I'm hopeful, yet it still hurts. I know that God has a destiny and a purpose, but if I'm honest, I'm still filled with disappointment. He's forgiven me, and I get it, but why is it so hard for me to forgive Others, I have these two realities working at the same time. I've got a miracle in one hand, but I feel miserable in the other hand. Two realities. And see, later on in the ministry of Jesus, he personifies these two realities because he shows up in human form. And there was a time when Lazarus, was sick. And Mary and Martha came to Jesus like, Lazarus is about to die. You need to get there quick. And Jesus takes his time because he knows he's going to heal him. So he knows he's going to heal him, but yet he wept. Why did he weep when he knows he's going to heal him? He's showing us that emotions doesn't take away from your devotion to him. He's showing you that it's okay to feel discouraged. And, and, and when I started looking at this, uh, I looked at anxiety. Any of y'all ever faced anxiety? Come on, online. Maybe you're not. Raise your hand. We'll get there by the end. <laughs> anxiety is not bad. It could indicate that I have a sense of uncertainty and I feel like I'm going to miss out on something or I feel a loss of control. Fear could indicate that I'm not safe and something has robbed my Security. Doubt could indicate that my trust has been violated at some point. Depression could indicate a loss of hope and a feeling of helplessness. How about shame? Shame could indicate that I haven't forgiven myself or accepted God's grace. Sadness could indicate, watch this, that everything is great now, 
but I robbed myself of time to grieve 10 or 15 years ago. Discouragement could indicate I'm not where I should be, so I think, and I live in regret and shoulda, coulda, woulda. Jesus shows me that those emotions aren't bad. So what do they mean? Well, emotions, I've come to discover, they are intuitive indicators that it's safe enough to do something about it. My God. That means you can't reason away your emotions because God, the Holy Spirit, has allowed them, has allowed you to feel them, come on, just like he wept, and he's like, now it's time to do something about it. So some of you need to take a deep breath and you're not a bad or worse Christian because you have anxiety. It's the very moment for God and his strength to be perfected in your weaknesses. And I want to tell you how I got through or how I'm getting through that season. Number one is prayer will be my persistence. I know you wanted something deeper. But I've, let, I've allowed pain to become my persistence. I've let pro, I have allowed problems to become my persistence. I talk more about what's going wrong than I do what God has in store. And then what you say is what you get because the power of life and death is in your mouth. And if you're always talking about what's not right, it keeps you in the cycle of what's not right. And so I've got to understand that prayer must be my persistence. I want to read you the scripture in Luke 11, and, and this is the New Living Translation, because Jesus was teaching them on prayer, then teaching them more about prayer. He used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight. Wanting to borrow three loaves of bread, you say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit, and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night, and my family and I are in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for his friend's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. I came to tell you, Substance Church, those of you who are watching online, keep knocking with shameless persistence that said, God, if you said it, I'm going to believe it. God, you promised me that I'm, gonna, that, that, that I'm coming out of this. You promised me that by your stripes I am healed. You promised me that if I take those thoughts captive, that they become obedient to the word. I came to tell you, don't allow resistance to steal your persistence. I've decided that I'm no longer going to allow the disappointments of man to hinder me from knocking on the door of God. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to stay on my knees. I, I, I'm going to do devotions daily. You see, I'm going to give you a little bit of a secret about me. I've said this before. I have extreme ADHD. 
And my prayer life, day to day, is about five minutes. That's all I got. If I stay in prayer any longer than five minutes, I forget what I was praying about. Because my ADHD pill hasn't kicked in because it's the morning. And, and God was like, that's good enough. But many of us, we, we think that there's degrees and levels of prayer. There's not. God, show up in Jesus' name. Amen. Tomorrow, God, show up in Jesus' name. God, I really ask you to show up in Jesus' name. God, will you please show up? See, sometimes my prayer, God, are you there? Shameless persistence. Number two, I've decided that his promise is going to be by perspective. My prayer would be my persistence. His promise will be my perspective. In other words, I'm not going to allow what I see to rob what I know. I'm not going to allow what's going on around me to hinder who's inside of me. The Bible says that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You have a promise. You are a promise. You are the fulfillment of God's promise. That 700-year delay, God showed up at your door overnight. Come on, somebody. You didn't have to pay extra fees. Jesus paid it. Uh-huh. Any of y'all ever uh, uh, ordered DoorDash or Postmates or Uber Eats, and they've been to your house before, but some reason the next driver got lost? Come on, somebody. And you're like, dude, I put the instructions on the app, but yet you're still not here. You know what God's promise is? It's like pinpointing your miracle. You see, sometimes I got to say, can I just send you my location? And I'm, I got an attitude. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, you got lost again? Here's my location. You know what God's promise is? It, it's putting God's promise as you are the location of God's promise. You're saying, God, I, I know I've been between a prayer and a promise. Here I am. And that promise is going to be my perspective. Huh. 2 Corinthians 1, 20 and 22 says this, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken to us to the glory of God. Now it is God who also makes us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Oh my goodness. God's promise of your, in your life is a guarantee. Even the promise of this, and this just came to me, the Bible speaks of that everyone connected to me, everyone in my household will be saved. And some of you right now, you've been praying for that loved one. You've been believing for that loved one. And by their actions, you've been a little discouraged. But can I tell you that God's promise is a guarantee? Can I tell you, don't give up on the word that God has spoken to you. The promises of God are yes and amen in Christ 
Jesus. When I was growing up, we used to have this little uh, uh, nursery school or Sunday school. I am a promise. I am a possibility. I am a promise with a capital P. I am a great big bundle of potentiality. You didn't expect me to do that, did you? And I am learning to hear God's word. I don't even know the rest of the words. I'll stop there. It says, I'm not looking for a promise. I am a promise. And when God's promise outside of me connects with God's promise in me, then I move from beauty, I mean from ashes to beauty. Then I move from uh, uh, the spirit of heaviness, come on, y'all, to a garment of praise. Then I move, I begin to move, I see myself moving. And I'm telling you guys, I woke up this morning, I was trying to get myself out of the sunken place. My wife said, are you all right? And I was trying, and I was trying. But as I'm preaching this message, I realize that I'm not waiting for a promise. I am the promise. Come on, somebody. God put the promise on the inside of all of us, his my prayer would be my persistence. His promise would be my perspective. And number three, and I'm out of your way. And if I had a B3 organ, we would jump and shout, but I don't, so we won't. My praise will be my proof. My praise will not be evidence that he already did it. Because that's waiting for him to move. Praise is going to be my proof. It's going to be my first response before I even see it. What? You mean you're going to do a victory dance and you haven't even experienced victory yet? You mean to tell me you're going to speak those things that be not as if they already are in faith? You mean to tell me you're going to run a victory lap while you're still in the middle of the race? Yeah, because I'm crazy like that. You know what? When you decide to praise God and be cheerful and be grateful no matter your situation, the enemy steps back and says, whoa, I threw disappointment at them. I threw discouragement at them. I, I, I've been messing with them, reminding them of their past, and they still got up and went to church and gave me praise and said, look what the Lord has done and said, great is thy faithfulness. You mean to tell me they're praising God? Yes, Praise is your proof that God's promise will be fulfilled in your life. <laughs> I was reading this scripture in Luke. What, 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 I, what I was reading, I, and I saw something, Pastor Carol and I. So 700 years in waiting. Are y'all with me? The promise shows up. Jesus. He's an infant. He hasn't walked on water. He can't walk. He's an infant. He hasn't turned water to wine because he's just on milk. He's an infant. He can't say, say to the mountain and move and it be cast into the sea because he can't talk yet. See, sometimes we, in hindsight bias, we know what he did. And it should be easy for us to praise God because the Bible is not fiction. We know what he did. He, he's a baby. 
He soils his diaper. But yet, the shepherds look at this infant and say, glory to God in the highest. I want to know, Substance Church, will you praise God in the infancy of your promise? Before it walks, before it talks, before it has a name, before it shows you how to do it. Can you stand with me? I believe that we're pulling ourselves out of discouragement and pushing ourselves into destiny. I believe that it's okay to have pain, but let's not allow pain to rob our praise and our purpose. I believe, Substance Search, that your best days are ahead of you and your worst days are behind you. And I believe that you haven't seen anything yet. And I hope that this message encourages you to stop faking it and start faithing it. It is impossible for us to keep up with who we pretend to be. I've decided if I'm having a bad day, I'm having a bad day, but God is good. And I'm, I wanna just give you one secret. When you don't know what to say, open up your Bible, go to ask Siri. Hey Siri, what are the promises in the Bible? And she'll begin to tell you them, I've tried it. And when I'm having a bad day, I start mimicking Siri and just pronouncing promises that were already fulfilled, even though they were 700 years in waiting. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed our podcast today. If you would like to contribute to Substance financially, you can do so by visiting substancechurch.com giving and then select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for listening and be sure to check in next week for a new message.